Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode on the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast, and happy October. Oh my God, I can't believe October is here. The pumpkin month, which I love all things pumpkin, and I love Halloween, but I don't love cold weather. I just don't love it. I love this season because it's just a beautiful season, and like the leaves changing and all of that, it's amazing, but what is to come is very cold winter months, which I'm just not looking forward to. So I'm hoping that having a dog who is part husky, Molly is part husky, part Akita, and I think there's some German Shepherd in there as well, but I'm just hoping that she's going to make me come around and enjoy winter a little bit more because, you know, she's a husky. She loves winter. She loves to be outside, and I haven't yet experienced what it's been like having her in the winter, but being that she's a husky, I'm pretty certain she's going to just love being out there in the snow, and so hopefully she's going to make me come around this winter and enjoy it a little bit more, which will be fun. You know, I have, I got a fur baby I, I got to take care of and you got to walk. And so there's, there's no backing out of being outside this winter. I'm going to have to be outside and walking the dog. It is what it is. So speaking of October and pumpkin month, I am obsessed with the Organifi pumpkin spice, their original gold. So it's got all the um, all the amazing ingredients that you would find in their original gold, but it's pumpkin spice flavor. And it's freaking delicious. Like it's so, so good. It's, if you're looking for like a pumpkin spice latte, like that's basically what I make with mine. It's so amazing. And a big shout out to Organifi because they are one of our podcast sponsors and a big shout out to all of our sponsors because it wouldn't be possible to even have this podcast and keep it going and keep it running without having incredible sponsors behind us. So do check out Organifi. Their pumpkin spice is a limited edition and it's the Organifi Gold Pumpkin Spice. And it is dairy-free, gluten-free, keto-friendly, soy-free, certified organic, it's vegan, and it's just honestly so delicious. So it's the perfect nighttime tea um, or latte, basically it's a powder and it is loaded with immune supportive ingredients uh, ingredients like lemon balm, turkey tail mushroom, there's magnesium, reishi, ginger, turmeric, and there's black pepper, coconut milk, Ceylon cinnamon, and nutmeg, clove, and allspice, which really gives it that like aromatic spice blend. And it also offers a lot of digestive support from the different spices and the ginger and the turmeric. And it's just an amazing, amazing blend. So it basically comes in a powder form if you haven't used any of the Organifi products. And it's just powder, put it into your mug, pour in some hot water. I sometimes like to steam some coconut milk and top it up and just make like a really nice pumpkin spice latte. And their original turmeric is also really, really delicious. So in case this one sold out, because it is limited, uh, limited edition, 
check out the original and that one's really delicious as well. If you're a chocolate lover, you might like the gold chocolate. Uh, I kind of, I have them all and I just totally switch back and forth between them all depending on, you know, the vibe that I'm in, the feeling that I'm going for. Um, So yeah, definitely check them out. Head on over to OrganifiShop.com, enter the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES at checkout and you can save 15% off store-wide any of their products. Browse around their website. They've got some amazing products on there. And being that it is the fall months and we're officially in fall, one of my favorite products that I've been using this time of year, and especially with Thanksgiving coming up next week, if you're listening to this in real time on October 6th, next week is Canadian Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And a product that I love using is the Lee's Ghee in great maple. It is so amazing. So I use this in numerous ways. So number one, Putting it on vegetables and like roasting your veggies in the oven with the maple ghee is so good. So I'll typically do a mix of like some Brussels sprouts, butternut squash, some like really large chunk onions and garlic and some sweet potato and then and also some carrots and then just throw that onto a tray. I melt the ghee, the maple ghee, and then I drizzle it on top. And then I might put like some dried herbs, like some thyme or some rosemary and then roast that in the oven. And it's so, so good. It is also amazing on like fresh muffins or in like a bowl of oatmeal or drizzled over pancakes. And another way that I love to enjoy it is in my coffee. It's so good. So I just make my my American what is what do I make I make an Americano and then I throw that into the blender sometimes I'll put a little scoop of collagen I love using the can prev collagen and then I'll put a little scoop of the great maple lees ghee whip that up oh it's so good like oh it's so yummy and you get that really delicious fat which is so great because fat is so essential for supporting hormonal health and brain function and focus and then you get that little bit of canadian maple syrup in there and it's so good it's like naturally sweet and very satisfying so if you want to save on any of the Lee's Geese products or any Lee's teas, you can head to leesprovisions.com. And this is only for our Canadian listeners because Lee's Ghee only ships out to Canada currently, but you can save 15% off any of their products on their website. The coupon code is HEALTHYHORMONES, 15% off. And the website again is leesprovisions.com. Check out the maple ghee, their brown butter ghee, also their plain Jane ghee. It's really, really delicious. If you find that you have a hard time maybe even tolerating butter, then you might do really, really well with ghee because even though ghee is from butter, it the um, milk solids are removed. And so you might have a really um, a, a better time tolerating it. So about 99% of the milk solids have been removed during the clarification process, which basically leaves it virtually lactose free and really safe for anybody with lactose intolerance. So give it a try if you haven't tried ghee and um, the great maple is definitely something that is perfect to use this time of year. All right, so let's dive into our topic of the day. I'm really excited to be talking about PCOS. And September last month was PCOS Awareness Month, and I had already had all my podcasts recorded and everything like that, so I didn't have an opportunity to record an episode on PCOS. So I'm getting to it a little bit late, but it's all good because this is, you know, this is such an important topic and 
a hormonal condition to talk about. I've worked with so many women over the years that have PCOS. And many, many years ago when I started in my business, I was kind of known as like the period fixer upper. And I was working with a lot of obviously women with period issues and just helping women regulate their cycle and help to minimize any inflammation and pain that was associated with their period and just really optimizing their hormone health, their hormonal health. And so many women would come to me with PCOS. And, you know, many, many years ago at the time, it was not something that I was very well versed in or even interested necessarily in treating. But when you have tons of people showing up with PCOS, you start to realize how it's it's a really important hormonal condition to start addressing. And so it, it ended up becoming this area of expertise of mine um, that over the years I started to really dive deeper into and in working with women and especially so many women that were dealing with infertility, which can often be associated with PCOS. And so I really wanted to record this episode today. And today specifically, we're going to dive into the four different types of PCOS. Um, many of you might not be familiar with them. And so I think it's important that we we just kind of break it down and so that you have an understanding of the four different types, the symptoms that are often associated with them. And we're also going to talk about some testing that you can do as well and some really important tests to ask your doctor about. And so we're looking at the four different types today because I really want to help you identify sort of your root cause and what steps you can take to support your body. And so let's start off with what is PCOS, which is known as polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's one of the most common endocrine system disorders affecting women. And according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, PCOS affects about one in 10 women of childbearing age. And it's it's really a multifaceted disorder caused by hormone imbalances that create problems in the ovaries. And the principal symptom of PCOS is typically irregular periods, but there are many, many other symptoms associated with PCOS, such as excess facial or body hair, thinning hair, infertility fertility, adult acne, anxiety, brain fog, fatigue, food cravings, hair loss, headaches, high testosterone, infertility, inflammation, insulin resistance or diabetes, low progesterone, pelvic pain, periods with no ovulation, recurring miscarriages, and weight gain. So there's a lot of symptoms that can really be associated with PCOS. So what really causes PCOS. And while the exact cause isn't fully understood, you know, research does point to both genetic and environmental factors. And I'm also going to add in here lifestyle factors like what we eat um, and kind of how we live our, our day to day, right? So contrary to the name, ovarian cysts do not cause PCOS. Now, ovarian cysts are a symptom of the hormonal chaos that's happening in the body that's associated with PCOS, but the presence of cysts alone is not enough to diagnose PCOS. So this is why when I'm working with women, the number one question that I always ask with my PCOS clients is, how were you diagnosed? And many women say, oh, I had an ultrasound and they found cysts. But that's not a true diagnosis. Your doctor does need to dive in a lot deeper here and look at some different hormone labs, which is really, really important, which we're going to dive into in a second. So 
because the symptoms of PCOS tends to run in, is it, very multifaceted, it's believed that PCOS does have a, quite a big genetic component. Um, but still, you know, your genes can be turned on or off by environmental factors, right? Um, environmental and lifestyle factors. So high insulin levels, inflammation, stress or trauma, synthetic hormones, toxins, diet, infections, uh, other health conditions such as autoimmunity or thyroid disease, this can all really play a role in, in a PCOS diagnosis. So let's dive into the different types of PCOS. And it's important to note that, you know, not all women are the same. So number one, for example, not all women with PCOS have insulin resistance, and not all women with PCOS have high testosterone. You know, there are different PCOS types and they all have different symptoms along with different drivers. So identifying your PCOS type can really help you to discover your root cause and what steps you can take to support your body. But unfortunately, you know, many doctors manage PCOS with the same medications regardless of the type, which maybe one of the reasons why standard PCOS treatments just don't work for all women. And so there are four distinct PCOS PCOS subtypes. That's insulin resistant PCOS, post pill PCOS, inflammatory PCOS and adrenal PCOS. So let's dive into the first one, which is insulin resistant PCOS and it really is the most common type and it really does account for up to 70% of cases. So with insulin-resistant PCOS, there is a decreased ability to manage your blood sugar properly. And often, you know, this type of PCOS will present with some of the most classic symptoms. So anovulatory cycles, excessive hair growth, thinning hair, adult acne, and resistant weight. Um, so women with insulin-resistant PCOS they are also at an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And the second most common is post-pill PCOS. And I notice this a lot in my practice. Um, this is very, very common, more so than you think. And we often don't associate the birth control pill with PCOS, but it really can play a huge role. So this is a obviously a very different type um, compared to the other sort of, um, you know, the four distinct types of PCOS. And often it can be very temporary post-pill PCOS. Um, so what's happening is it's often caused by a surge in androgens, so more of your male hor hormones, um, that kind of surge, that increase after you quit hormonal birth control. So while you're taking hormone-releasing birth control, your hormones are, are suppressed and ovulation is not occurring. Um, so when birth control medications or even devices are stopped, most women will begin making their hormones again, and then ovulation will typically return. But for some women, this isn't always the case. And ovula ovulation suppression can actually continue for months, potentially even years, which will result in a PCOS diagnosis. So if you were ovulating and had a regular cycle before you started on hormonal birth control, and then now after you've come off of the pill, you aren't ovulating and you don't have a cycle, it's probably most likely due to the pill. Um, and so 
Also, the pill can really interfere with how our cells utilize insulin. And so that can also have an impact on on your cycle post-pill. So something to really keep in mind there. Okay, so let's dive into the third type, which is known as inflammatory PCOS. And some experts actually refer to this as as an immune PCOS. Um, You know, inflammation is involved with many other types of, of PCOS. So typically you will find inflammation across the board with, with all types. Um, but with this, this type specifically, obviously inflammation is the primary driver and chronic inflammation can suppress ovulation and stimu- stimulate your ovaries to make more androgens, more of those male hormones. In fact, overproduction of insulin can do the same thing and it can really cause your ovaries to to make more androgen uh, like hormones. So signs of inflammation might include things like digestive issues like IBS, brain fog, fatigue, headaches, joint pain, skin conditions like eczema or psoriasis, and even food intolerances. So women typically, what I have found with this type of PCOS, often have some underlying gut infection going on, um, perhaps like a gluten intolerance that's happening, thyroid imbalances, maybe even autoimmune and uh, leaky gut as well. And women that have a family history of autoimmune disorders, they might actually be at higher risk for inflammatory PCOS according to some PCOS. PCOS experts. So what you can do in this case is have your doctor test your C-reactive protein. And this is basically, it's a really important test and it can test for levels of inflammation in the body. This is a test that I run on all of our metabolic clients. So any of our clients that are really coming on board to do more of our VIP one-on-one coaching, we are running a full metabolic panel. We're looking at liver and kidneys and inflammation and insulin. We're also running your Dutch test and looking at all of your sex hormones. And we're also running a full thyroid panel. Um, And this can really give us just a ton of answers and feedback about what's going on in your body and can then help us to really uh, put together an appropriate protocol to address everything. So It's a really important test. It's known as the C-reactive protein test, uh, also called the HSCRP, high-sensitivity CRP. That's probably more of the one you want to ask for, the high-sensitivity one. Um, But it's, again... Uh, a test that's checking the levels of inflammation in the body. And, you know, when we've got really, really high inflammation in the body, it can be a predictor for some of the big things like cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. And I typically like to see CRP levels under two. And it's been pretty scary with some of the clients that I've tested. They have been in the high, high 20s, which is very, very scary. The good news is that through managing diet and environmental factors and reducing toxins in your environment, in your life, in your body, and supporting your body and hormones with supplements, you can lower that CRP, okay? So just an FYI, it's not a death sentence, but it can really give you some great feedback about your body and you can do some really great protocols and and nutrition protocols to help bring that CRP down. So FYI, on this one client that's coming to mind, her CRP was at 28. And within four months, she had that down to four, which is like significant, 
super significant. Um, and that just comes from the fact that she lost 40 pounds. She was on a anti-inflammatory diet. We had her on appropriate supplements and strategic supplements to address her specific hormones and issues and and different nutrient deficiencies and getting the right sleep and managing stress and getting outside and movement. All of that impacted her inflammation, brought those levels down and also got her off a lot of her medications. And she's at a place where now she's thriving today, which is amazing. Okay, so let's talk about the fourth type of PCOS, which is known as adrenal PCOS. So this type is typically less common with about 10% of women with PCOS falling into this specific category. So if DHEAS is elevated, but testosterone and perhaps some other androgenic hormones are in normal range, this could indicate adrenal type PCOS. And often what I've seen in this specific case, um, in, in this specific type, is women that have insufficient caloric intake, they're doing extreme workouts, there's a ton of chronic stress going on, which is leading to cortisol dysregulation. This can all really be potential drivers with adrenal PCOS. The most important thing is don't guess do some testing and really work with a qualified practitioner. You know, after hearing this, you might feel like you fit into more than one category. And that's normal because a lot of these symptoms will overlap and, and, and that's totally normal. That's totally okay. So don't try and press yourself into one type. Rather, you want to ask your doctor for, for appropriate testing so you can really find out potential factors that could be the root cause of your unique PCOS. And so obviously in in our practice with our Dutch hormone program, we have our three-month program where we're putting you through, you know, the Dutch hormone testing, and then we're getting the results from those Dutch tests and can really look at all of your sex hormones. We can look at your cortisol and your adrenal health. We can look at how your liver is breaking down and detoxing your hormones. Um, and this can actually give us a really clear picture when we look at the sex hormones, um, what sort of PCOS you may have. Obviously, with the Dutch hormone test, we can't, we're only looking at sex hormones and certain other specific hormones. We, we aren't looking at like insulin markers and things like that, but there's a lot of things within the Dutch test that can really point out uh, a PCOS diagnosis. So obviously... I'm all for the Dutch test. It's so much more thorough than what you can get through your doctor, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask. It doesn't mean you shouldn't ask your doctor for appropriate testing, um, which we're going to dive into in just a second. So and speaking of testing, I mean, there isn't just one test. There's not one single single test that can diagnose PCOS, which can make the diagnosis a bit more challenging. And this is also why, you know, women wait years to even get a PCOS diagnosis because they just don't get the right testing. Um, and so typically what's happening is doctors are diagnosing PCOS by just observing symptoms or doing a pelvic examination or just testing testosterone and performing a pelvic ultrasound and just looking for cysts. But, you know, it really does go beyond just symptoms. So other conditions need to be ruled out as well. That's that's also important. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you know, there's no other underlying issues that are happening there as well. Um, and the other thing that you want to look at as well is 
there's four sort of findings. And, and if you have two of these four findings, then this is what can typically lead to a PCOS diagnosis. So number one is a regular menstrual cycle. So absence of a period for months on end or skipped periods or lack of ovulation, um, higher than normal blood levels of androgen hormones or signs of high androgen hormones. Okay. So if you have two of the four following findings, so I'm going to repeat them again. I haven't gone through all of them. The first one is a regular menstrual cycle. The second one is higher than normal blood levels of androgen hormones. The third one is signs of high androgen hormones. So that would mean like acne or increased body, uh, body or facial hair. And then the last one is one or more ovaries that have a polycystic appearance. So basically, you know, follicles that are appearing on the ultrasound. So if you have two of the four following, then that could lead to a potential PCOS diagnosis. But with that said, we also want to be looking at lab testing. So that's more of the symptomatic um, issues that might be showing up. But from a lab test perspective, there's a few labs that you should be asking your doctor for. So number one, basic hormones. This would be key. Make sure that you're asking your doctor for testosterone and DHEAS. Also ask your doctor to test luteinizing hormone, fo follicular stimulating hormone, progesterone, and estrogen. With insulin resistance, we also want to be looking at fasting insulin and fasting glucose. I also recommend that you get your doctor to do a full thyroid panel. So that would mean looking at your TSH, your free T4, and your free T3. Also looking at your thyroid antibodies, your um anti-TPO and your anti-TG. I had like a brain fart for a second there on the antibodies. Um, you also want to look at your reverse T3. That's important as well. I Some doctors do include it, some don't. I mean, as long as you have the other ones that I mentioned, those are really important. But if you can get the reverse T3 added on there, that's really important because typically when I see really high levels of reverse T3, it's often an adrenal issue. So that would be really important to test. And then from an inflammatory perspective, testing your CRP or your high sensitivity CRP, and then adding on some micronutrients would be really great too. So always vitamin D, that's really important. Your vitamin D 25 hydroxy, that's specifically the test. And that's important because your vitamin D plays a role in immune function, in your insulin, um, and just it, it actually functions more of a hormone than it does a vitamin. And then you wanna look at B12, as well as iron levels. So those would be the tests that I would ask your doctor for. You can come back and just write those all down, bring them to your doctor and get him or her to run those labs for you. And if they don't, then definitely it's time to seek a practitioner who could perhaps run these tests for you. We can do them in our virtual, our virtual practice and uh, we will also run the Dutch test for you as well. So when it comes to treating PCOS, typically from a allopathic perspective, you know, the most common treatments are metformin, birth control pills, spironolactone, and fertility drugs. Spino spironolactone is something that I've seen pretty often, um, especially for women who have a lot of acne that's going on. Um, that's typically prescribed. And then 
and then fertility drugs. So metformin, birth control, spironolactone, and fertility drugs. This is typically the most common treatment, but it's not going to get to the root cause. As we know, this is just going to be a Band-Aid approach, and it's not going to address why you have PCOS in, in the first place. And often, a lot of these treatments and medications is just going to lead to more symptoms down the road. And you know, many of these medications have a lot of side effects. So lots to take into account here. Um, We will dive into a part two where I can go over holistic PCOS treatments. And if, you know, PCOS is something that you feel plagued by and confused by, and something that you've had a lot of trouble perhaps healing yourself, it's been on the back of my mind to put together a PCOS program. If this is something you're interested in, do let me know. Um, I might consider just starting a wait list to see what sort of interest we have, but I definitely know we have so many women in our community, especially in our Healthy Hormones Facebook community group. Uh, We have so many women in that group asking about PCOS. So I'm thinking that it might be time to finally get that out into the world. And, you know, I've always said for so many years that one of the areas of my expertise is is always balancing blood sugar, is supporting insulin and balancing blood sugar. That's been really at the core of what I do. This is why I have really high success rates with women and weight loss and of course women and hormones because your insulin and your blood sugar levels are just a driver for so many things. And your insulin is such a master hormone in the body. When you get your insulin in check, it kind of has this cascade effect and it can start to impact all the other hormones in your body and your sex hormones. And it's, you know, balancing that really leads to a lot of hormonal balance overall. It leads to a lot of healing overall and reducing those symptoms. So I'm thinking about putting a program together. And again, if it's something you're interested in, just reach out and let me know. And uh, let me see some feedback that we get from our community. And that might be something I consider to, to create for perhaps later this year or as we head into the new year. All right, so that is it for today, diving into the four types of PCOS. If you guys have any questions or any other topics related to this, to specifically PCOS, come find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And if you're into all things business, come follow me on my other Instagram account at Samantha underscore Gladish. That's where I post all things business. And um, of course, we do have our business mentorship program, which if you're listening to this in real time, is actually starting next week and I'm so excited for it. We only have a handful of spots left. So if you're interested in that, do send me an email, samantha at holisticwellness.ca and let me know. I just wanted to plant that seed there before I forgot. And that's it, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really hope today was valuable and that you got a lot of information out of it. And if you've been dealing and struggling with PCOS, I want you to know that there definitely is a way out and you can heal and it's just gonna take some time and commitment and dedication to loving on yourself and getting the right support and the right information. If you haven't left us a rating and a review yet, we would love it. You can do so on any major podcast platform that you listen to us on. And as always, come hang out with us on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. There's been some amazing recipes that I've posted up on there. And I can't wait to see what you guys are cooking up, especially if you are in our Healthy Hormones Recipe Club. I love seeing what you guys are baking and cooking and come share that with me over on Instagram or over in our Healthy Hormones Facebook community, which you can find, of course, on Facebook. Thanks for being here. I'll chat with you all next week and we'll dive into part two. 